What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of the Xbox Roundtable. This is show number 133, your favorite place Sunday nights to listen to Xbox talk and more going on in the game industry. I'm your host, Invader, and we've got one hell of a show for you this evening. We've got lots to delve right into. Never a dull moment in the game industry, that's for sure. But before we head into things, let me introduce everyone on the panel tonight. Tim, it's great to see you, bud. How you been? Good, good. Happy to be here Sunday night. Uh, the crew's here, ready to talk some Xbox and industry news. I'm always happy to be here, and uh, let's go. All right, well said. Megatron Man, hey, how you been, brother? Been good, man. Working hard uh, these last, last couple of weeks, but uh, hanging in there, ready to talk some uh, some games. Let's go. Damn right. Uh, Shock Bud, what have you been up to the past week? Uh, I've been hacking my uh, Wii U, bringing it back from the dead. <laughs> I still have them. Uh, so I've been... Uh, and it's sad. It's sad when... What Sony did to the Vita and what Nintendo did to the Wii U. Only good consoles once you hack them. What's but a yeah, Wii U? I've been playing some games. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I have no idea. I've been no playing idea. some Wind Waker HD. Yeah, that's what I've been playing lately. I was going to say, if you'd like a photo of one, I'll send you one. I have one, too. <laughs> how many hack How many hack consoles do you have, Shock? You you do that a lot. You you got the uh, the Dreamcast, right? Or is it the Sega? Yeah, those aren't, those aren't hacked as much as they are, like, modded so that way you okay. can play all the games on the sd card but gotcha. yeah these two i've had because there's like no game library for them or a very slim one mm-hmm. i uh, love how them, they become an amazing console i love how like they just moved on they don't mention the wii u at all and they take all the good games that the wii u had and just port them over or remaster them yeah that's kind of making the wii u irrelevant i think they just kind of want to erase it from history so Absolutely. All right, Jeremy Bud. Hey, how's things uh, going at your end? I know if you, I know you've been playing a lot of Skyrim this weekend. I haven't played it all, actually. I mean, I've I played maybe for like an hour, uh, but oh, I haven't okay. I haven't done a lot of gaming. I have a lot of homework and a lot of work. So sorry. I'm in that same boat, bro. For weeks, I played Destiny for what, maybe 15 minutes, and a little bit of Halo with uh, K Mega and Don last night. Yeah. But I haven't done any gaming lately. I'm feeling it, feeling you the know, effects. You know what has increased though for me is my wayside, because since this whole COVID shit, literally, I've gained probably about 10 or 15 pounds. Like, to, for example, today I went to the store. Just got back from the store, the store I work at, and purchased uh, muffins, pistachio muffins, <laughs> ice cream, more muffins, pumpkin muffins. Oh, it was just some lemon curd cheesecake bites. And you know, some you guys, you're creating you this image not- right you're creating this hey, image right now of what I want to know what it looks like right now while you're sitting at your computer. I just imagine all these pastries and snacks sitting all around you. You're just kind of like, well, usually nobody's go. probably eating around this time of year because we're all getting fit and trying to slim yeah. down vicious cameras for E3, but we're not going to E3 this year. So, yeah. hey, I bought, I bought a cherry cheesecake at about 12 30 oh, at night man. driving home for work, right? <laughs> it was 24 hour groceries. It's gone, bro. 
It's yeah. gone. So <laughs> so that's, I feel your pain. And yeah, I'm going to tell you how much weight I gained. So. so that's my life in a nutshell right now. I'm did all, you shop on an empty stomach? I did not. Yeah. I had dinner before that. <laughs> I had a hamburger with some aged cheddar on it and some french fries. Anyway, um, so that's my life. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm kind of grumpy today because I didn't get the game at all. So I'm a little grumpy today. Knowing Jeremy, he probably was going to check up on his uh, workers. Uh, so he probably was like, oh, I'll just uh, get some food too while I'm not yeah. there. Do you, get a, do you get a discount? Uh, for uh, Or is it just the same price? It's the same price. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Centurion, bud. Hey, you've been keeping busy over there? Oh, yeah. I told you a little bit about what I was doing kind of in pre-show. That's been fun. But, uh, yeah, I've been kind of playing uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, finally uh, kind of just digging away at all the DLC for that game. So, Unlike Downer, I have actually lost 15 to 20 pounds. Wow. Whoa. But that's so, well, I have an advantage. What are you saying, Downer? So listen, uh, I didn't hear what you were doing before, before uh, the podcast because I guess I came in at the wrong time. But are you actually creating uh, content now for yourself or are you still procrastinating? He was just well, about I it. am creating content <laughs> for myself, but um, again, now I understand the rules of thumb when it comes to YouTube. I don't look for anybody's shoulder to cry on, but um, my wife had a little bit of a, a Corona, I mean, a COVID-19 scare. And so she's uh, been kind of, we've been kind of having to do things around here. Like I've had to set some affairs in order because uh, if she tests positive, um, I'm also quarantined myself. So now, I've had, now you said yeah. if she or, or yeah, she, she in the pro- oh, she's our, she was tested Friday morning and we're hoping yeah. to have the results Monday, Tuesday. They say they come pretty quick. So yeah. um, we're I'm we're we're optimistic. We're thinking it's not her. She's a property manager, so she works around tenants. And there was a tenant that was trying to hide the fact that they had covid. So they're just trying oh, to cover their bases. Wow. So anyways, but other than that, well, I was wanting to let you know, I lost 15 to 20 pounds because I don't know about you guys, but it is really hard to eat during the day when it's over a hundred degrees. So, um, for the most part, I've been eating a lot of fruit and stuff during the day because you have no appetite, like a greasy hamburger, anything like that right now during the heat. Nope. Uh -uh. I won't eat it. I think instead of those muffins and shit I got, I should have gotten fruit. Oh man, fruit in the muffins. If you got a little mm-hmm. blueberry and muffins, fruit in the muffins, well, Jeremy is like, if you just got the pistachios instead of the pistachio ice cream, you know, that might no, help. No, 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 so the pistachios no, are great. Snack. I got, I got the pistachio muffins. The problem is, I open them up, I but you know, I open them up, I throw them in the in the oven, in the oven, and I put butter on them. That's the problem. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. You, you're yeah. you're adding on to the food. Exactly. <laughs> Damn it, dude. I mean, I'll admit I'm a huge pistachio fan myself. I would have them on anything and everything, but oof, yeah, going a little overboard there. But uh, hey, guys, follow the Centurion diet. Be kind of like Jared from Subway. Well, no, actually, not uh, not yeah, no, I'm not Jared from that. Subway. I'm a huge <laughs> proponent for Jamba Juice. I like Jamba Juice. I was going to say, do they have Jamba Juices around you guys? Or is that like no. a Southwest thing? No, I like Jamba uh, Juice. Well, here in Ontario, we got Booster Juice. I don't know about that, but... 
It is true, though. A lot of people have gained weight because they've been inside. And what the oh, hell yeah. You do, you know? They say the average person is actually putting on at least 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, after this, yeah. after the COVID, they're going to have to find a way to, uh, you know, fix heart disease now. So, but well, actually, hot and heavy now. The gym industry is just totally seething. They're like, wait yeah. until this is all over. We're going to make millions. Yep. They will. If they can hold out long enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you say that. I know a few restaurants in my area that just recently, uh, well, kicked the can, unfortunately, like 30-year-old yeah. businesses. So, uh to happen. I don't think my Planet Fitness has been charging me at all for my uh, membership fees. I haven't seen it on my uh, statement. I hope not. But- Dude, my internet sure provider. At the same leases, time, right? it, you know, it's certain businesses that wouldn't bother me, and I think that would be one of them because I, I don't want them to go under. In this town that I live in, there's nothing. There's nowhere to work out at other than the few Planet Fitnesses that are just like miles apart from each well, other. So, why don't you like but, go outside and like chop a tree or something? Dude, I've been working at my job. Like I'm <laughs> doing construction, slinging rebar. Just how long were you out though? Weren't you weren't you out uh, for a while with the with the COVID? Oh yeah, I took off. <laughs> no, didn't I didn't have it, but I got tested. But I did take off two weeks. But then it's just been like nonstop. It's been nonstop. See, we had layoffs at my job, so ugh, the work that they're doing is double time now. It's double time with the the, the, the workload, and uh, it's just been hectic. Laying off people. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm the guy there. You know, I've been there 24 years, so not really. Oh, okay, okay, so not really. So, but. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's been it's been crazy with my workload. So, like I said, I'm going to I'm, I'm in for the ride on this show because I haven't even brushed up on anything yet. Just to give you guys <laughs> no, <laughs> a bunch of bullshit. We'll go through it. So, yeah, <laughs> no worries, brother. Uh, but yeah, before we get into uh, the topics tonight, uh, just a reminder about our giveaway for the game Maneater. Uh, the Shark Game, it's out May 22nd, and we're giving away a digital copy of it for the Xbox One. Head over to our Twitter page and look at the pin tweet for ways on how to enter. Guys, get on this. It's over in, well, a few days, in about a week's time, so uh, definitely jump on that. Now, uh, all right, we're going to head into our first topic of the evening, and earlier this week, Epic Games opened the curtain and unveiled the Unreal Engine 5. They did a demo for it called Lumen in the Land of Nanite, running on the PlayStation 5. It showcased new dynamic global lighting, destruction, and physics enhancements, and a few other things. Tim, I'm going to start with you on this one. What did you think of this demo? Is this what we have to look forward to for the next gen? I think that it was definitely a a peek into the future. Overall, the, the demo was excellent. It really was, uh, you know, crazy detailed and um, very impressive stuff. From what I've heard from actual developers um, and read, is is that uh, while that's unbelievable the way it looks, I don't think you can expect a ten-hour game to look like that visually because um, something called Giga scans and certain things that they would have to put through take a lot of time. Uh, a lot of attention to detail, but I think um, what it basically told you was what is capable of next generation. And I think that um, while there was a lot of stuff that went on that was kind of silly, uh, overall the demo uh, was uh, very well done. And um, you know, uh, it's it's going to be uh, like I, I've said, 
in the next couple, the first couple of years in the generation usually takes time because of cross-gen, but I believe that this generation will be more of a leap in graphics than generation seven to generation eight. So, mm. uh, and I think that this was a, you know, a point of it, uh, you know, obviously we all know that it's a multi platform engine. It scales from PC to PS, PS five, Xbox. And um, I don't know if the switch titles, but uh, I think that mm. they had some in Unreal four. I'm not really sure about that. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing for the future. And um, I was, uh, I was impressed, honestly, I, I thought they did a good job. Um, but I just think that if people think that they're going to get games that look like that, that are going to look the whole time like that. I think that that's mm -hmm. a little, um, you know, that's a little overreaching, but they probably in some, some scenes and, you know, uh, in certain areas, possibly they can get a game to look like that in the future. Uh, but, you know, I, like I said, from what I've read and from what I've talked to people, I don't know if it's going to be sustainable for a 10 hour game, but overall it is something indicative of what could possibly be done in the future. This is already a year out. So I think it's next year, 2021, when it's going to start to be put into it. And I think uh, Hellblade 2 will also mm -hmm. showcase some of Unreal Engine 5. Right. Yeah, I think the uh, the demo is very impressive. You know, I that like Tim said, they use that movie rendering as opposed to the game rendering. I'm not exactly sure what it was called, but that lumen lighting was very, very impressive. I was tripping out on some of the effects. Um, we're getting to a point now, guys, where it's going to be hard to identify what is game and what is movie. Uh, I mean, even with the, well, with the, with the quality as far, you know, because everything's like Pixar style graphics now. Um, I think the difference between the, the Hellblade reveal, um, is really like night and day, like literally because. Uh, Phil Spencer said that it was in engine, correct? I think in engine, yes. as opposed to okay, but it was a much it's it was a much darker tone overall. I think you know it was just completely different as far as the experience goes that one was offered on the PS5 tech demo. Um, but that tech demo had everything. You know, you can anything you want from. From the lighting effects to the different kind of sound effects, it didn't have everything. Well, you I thought, I generation. You I, thought, I thought it had everything from a tech de uh, demo perspective. Okay, from um, a tech demo perspective, yeah. I was just wanting to attack the fact that you know the one thing that it was lacking was a real freaking game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Instead of jumping no, around. I, I, and, yeah, I'm wanting you. to just kind of be like, oh, inside Xbox showed us nothing. They didn't show us gameplay. At least they showed us a real friggin' game. I thought yeah. I was staring at freaking Laura Croft Tomb Raider for starters. Yeah, so, I did too. Um, <laughs> I did and now I'm so, as soon as I saw her jumping around and flying, I'm like, there's no way. And I honestly, when I saw that, I was like, oh, dude, this looks like it's going to be an, oh, Sony does it again. They created another amazing game. I never thought in a million years they would show a game that wasn't real. Yeah, because of the, like, I'm sorry, but whoop de doo Xbox didn't show us the gameplay we were looking for, but at least they showed us real tangible games that we're going to be able to play that that's yep. not tangible and then also i'm the kind of guy that's like it's amazing the technology looks amazing graphics are going to be amazing 
but it's also in a pre-rendered environment. And yeah. we have somebody going from point A to point B following a predetermined path. We don't got any real world load on the graphics engine, in my opinion. You know, I remember everybody that was like, oh, yeah, last year at E3, they had xCloud there and I tried to break it because they wanted to really see what that system could do. And yeah, Unreal Engine, it's going to be an amazing, amazing graphics engine. But at the end of the day, I didn't see anything real world. I saw something in a controlled environment. Well, I mean, if you, if you think about it, that's the way all, all games run, depending on what kind of game you make. If you're making a uh, open world, a la, you know, Ghost of Tsushima or... Uh, Witcher 3, it's going to be different. But if we have set pieces like Gears of War, uh, you know, there's the possibilities are, you know, exactly what you see as far as that on the uh, PS5 tech demo. Would you agree or no? So what's your question? Forgive me. I'm so, trying to understand the question. Okay, so it just depends what kind of game you have. You said it's it's like, you know, it's, it's doing this because it's a pre-rendered world set piece you know, production, whatever you want to call it. Um, when you have, uh, let's say, a game like Gears of War, just basically run it runs on rails. To be to be fair, um, you know, you can do more with the effects. You can do more with the graphics, um, as opposed to like a Witcher Three, where you know it's just so much going on inside the world that it's going to be hard to uh, or more difficult to develop for. See, for me, on rails, like. Gears five, yeah, it's a it's a it's a corridor shooter. It's essentially on rails if you really think about it, right. and it's been masked up behind a a, a a an environment to make it feel semi open world. But for me, this is my problem when I'm staring at this demo. Is okay for starters, all we're seeing is controls flash across the screen. We really don't know if there is somebody who is sitting down in front of a PC or a PS five. What you have, whatever, what have you. And they're not, are they physically controlling that character? Or at this time, is it a character that is being controlled by a computer following a predetermined programmed path? And for me, that's not on rails. On That's just like, no, we just set it up to function this way. That's why I don't feel like, I don't feel like that was a live representation. That was, hey, well, this is what we did. They know what they did. They didn't know what they did, man. This is simple. They did what they needed to do to capture everybody's attention. That's it. Well, you know, yeah. the hardcore know, you know, what didn't happen and, you know, this and that, all these little, you know, turns and corners. But what they did was they showed this demo and blew everybody away. And then the hardcore went and knew that it was going to be on the Series X. They didn't start thinking that that was going to be some exclusiveness to the PS5. PS5 can do this, and they're going to look at what what Xbox showed. And I was impressed with some of the things that Xbox showed, of course. But what everybody else is talking about right now is this demo, Unreal Engine 5. So so I think the takeaway from this is people are getting excited for what's to come as far as this next-gen experience goes. I think that's the takeaway from it. Yeah, Sony was, I mean, they struck first, you know, showing PS5 in-game, uh, uh, you know, PS5 gameplay, uh, which they said it was gameplay of, from the PS5, even though it was a tech demo, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, I mean, yeah. I, think, I think they stole the narrative for a little while. 
Absolutely. I think it's just I mean, for a little while. Now. Next gen, you get ready to spend all yeah. this money. You want to see what all this, you want to see what all this ray tracing stuff doesn't matter. You want to see what it translates to. And when you see it on screen, yeah. that's it. I want it to translate to games that we're physically going to play. That's oh, the only course. problem for me, like, of is course. the fact that they used a fake game. Mm -hmm. So there were, I was listening to the, the narration of the tech demo and they were speaking about how the animate, how the animations have changed inside the game because the graphics are getting so detailed that, you know, I'm just going to use Laura Croft, for example, you know, the, the rock she's climbing on or the cliff she's climbing on is so detailed that, you know, she has to have different animations because uh, the rendering on the rock is just amazing. You know, almost and, it looks realistic. And I so, guess yeah. this is where I get in trouble because you know what it's like to work in a retail setting. Things are set up in a retail setting for a reason. Like, have you ever gone to Best Buy to look at 4K televisions? And for some reason, you can never stand more than like six feet away from the television and the display because everything is just so crowded. That's done deliberately because the optimal view, that's the optimal viewing range for that television. So the stores <laughs> deliberately set it up to where you're standing in that optimal viewing range for that television. Not to mention TVs out of the box are programmed to have a display mode. So that way they have a pop to them. So that way when it's put on the shelf at a store, you see that pop. And when I see these pre-rendered um, fake games and we're in a small canyon, you have very little rendering. You're not rendering very much when it comes to the environment because the sky is just a little sliver above the canyon. I mean, like, it's just, it, I, to me, it feels like it's been shrunk down so that way they can control the environment as much as possible, which is one of the reasons why they did it in a canyon. I'm mm -hmm. going to disagree with you because, you know what? At the end of the day, those games are going to look like that out of the box when they come come two years after this next gen stuff, two yeah, two stuff. years from now, but they're not gonna look like that. They're not gonna look like that if somebody slaps an Unreal Engine five logo on a game six months from now, and that's where I just really kind of say like I feel like they're so showing us it, what's to come, but they're like, giving us a false impression of how of what we're really gonna have and how quickly we're gonna get there. Well, when you open up the box, maybe, but not down the line. I mean, that's that's the you know. During the end of the life cycle, you always maximize the graphics quality of, of your game. You know, that's that throughout history. Whether well, it's well, for me, it's more along the lines of um, how many developers are going to be able to a even get their hands on the Unreal Engine five and b afford to use the Unreal Engine five at first because we all know the state of the art graphic engines. You know, they they have a good price tag behind them. The technology's new, mm -hmm. and we also know that um, definitely Epic is going to want to be showcasing the Unreal Engine five and Fortnite and a lot of their uh, their games that they got going on. Speaking of Unreal Engine now, five, really quick though, like I gotta jump in. Like, is aren't they doing something with once you reach a certain point in profit, that's when they start charging you to use that engine? Yeah, you have to hit a certain number. I think it's like. Or I think it's after the first uh, million or something. I forget what it is. So if you're a small dev, then they'll not charge you mm -hmm. royalties until that you get past a certain point. Until you start making money, mm -hmm. then they're like, okay, let us get a cut. And then what now? Are those cuts steep or anything like that? Because that's where it's like, you know, yeah, great. If you could kind of keep the game under a million, but then all of a sudden your, you know, your game is a success and you've got um, Epic knocking on your door saying now you owe us money. 
That I think it's kind of sure. like taxes where it's like, you know, staggered. They don't charge you for that first million, but anything over that, that's when that part starts getting, when you're actually making money, then they come along. Okay. Now we'll start taking royalties like we do everybody else. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I want people to know I'm not tearing this down. This is absolutely amazing. Uh, what the future holds for gaming is going to be absolutely awesome. And it further solidifies the fact that console gaming and the line between console gaming and PC gaming is slowly but surely getting blurred. Mm-hmm. Now, just keep it's in mind. That they show off uh, uh, Unreal Engine for their new console uh, when they typically don't use unreal engine for their first party now games. <laughs> now can i please I, i'm not trying to interrupt invader let's also look at one thing objectively here there's a reason why ps5 wants to uh definitely uh highlight a game engine this year because we all know what microsoft is probably going to really reveal in july when they talk more about halo infinite They're and okay. that's slip space engine. so i'm just saying right now i'm kind of wondering is playstation highlighting the unreal engine five as a as a reaction to the fact that they know microsoft has been cooking up a game engine somewhere um with halo infinite and then i'm also still standing by the fact that i really do feel like maybe there is a slight um game of chess being involved here where i feel like uh, microsoft is trying to get sony to put out something slowly but surely on exactly what is going on on that side of the uh the dividing line i guess you could say listen if they if they come out in july and just put on a display on what the series x can do sony has nothing and i mean absolutely nothing that can compete with halo the halo brand halo franchise not god of war not horizon zero dawn I don't care. You can even combine those games together. Nothing will match the craze and excitement that goes with Halo. And if it's a hit, which I think it will be, I'm skeptical, but I think it will be a hit. We're talking about system sellers. We're talking about uh, you know people gravitating to Xbox, wanting to play this game. And it's one of these difference makers that you know Xbox definitely you know they need. They absolutely need. Just puts a smile on my face when I hear Downer, you know, talk about the most iconic franchise ever created to me, in my opinion. So it just warms me a little. I'd be smiling if you you guys would see me smiling if I was on <laughs> camera. I'm, I'm, already really downer, I'm already making Downer some Kool-Aid right now, getting ready to mail it to him. Drinking the Kool-Aid. The green Kool-Aid. Exactly. It does highlight the uh, Hellblade 2 trailer, which... Uh, yeah, is it that on Unreal 5? Country? Well, so. d- no, it's it's not. Well, it's that's not well, released yet. Well, isn't so that on? Well, isn't it on Unreal? So we'll probably take advantage of it to finish the development because it probably won't come out until after that thing's out. Um, but if you recall in the Digital Foundry breakdown, they were saying that this is probably CGI because they didn't think what they showed up in that demo was capable, and so them showing that off. That they could still use that, uh, you know, a dev could still develop that themselves for their game. You know, if you know, they're already showing it off in a playable demo right now, <laughs> even mm-hmm. though they're. I have a feeling Hellblade. Yeah, I believe I. I have a feeling that Hellblade looks like that 
that's what you're going to get when you play their game. The yeah, everybody's facial. going to CGI because it's like, this is possible, but it's like, well, we just saw a demo a few months later yeah. showing that they're showing off that tech. Well, they're yeah. using the same pre Unreal Engine 4. They're, they could develop their own tech and use that kind of what they were doing there. And mm-hmm. there was a, to me, it, was, it happened so fast. The Hellblade, um, you know, cutscene or whatever you want to call it happened so fast. And there was so much to take away from that. You know, they showed the possibility of boss battles in the game with that big giant rock creature, uh, you know, at the end of that level where those guys were, um, uh, you know, there it was raining, and it, anyway, but you can see what is possible with the engine, and I think it's just it's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm, absolutely, yeah, they did definitely tease something there with Hellblade too. The facial animation though still gets me to this day, just how much they've improved. Um, you compare that to the Unreal, the Lumen demo, and you know they had all this background stuff. They they talked about the triangles and the dirt and like the particle effects. It looked very good, but then you actually look at the character model of the girl and then you compare that to Senua and it was just like kind of night and day personally. Yeah. It's yeah. Night, night difference. You're right. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> a big difference. <clears throat> hey, you use my line. <laughs> you have a line. Yes. All right. He's got a line folks, but even, okay, this is on the PlayStation five, the dev kit, but it only ran at 1440p 30 frames per second, even with dynamic resolution. I mean, it was pushing the PS five dev kit that much just to achieve the cinematic textures and illumination and these other advanced techniques. I mean, obviously this is just a, a demo of sorts. We're not going to see all this going on in all games, but still, I mean, this tech, or sorry, this uh, engine is really pushing to the limits. And I, I'll admit, I was totally impressed by what was going on there with all the, again, just like the amount of the the lighting and just the amount of detail going on in the structure and the dirt. But still, I mean, it was a very focused demo. And I need to see some actual like other stuff going on, like some enemies, kind of like what uh, Mike from NLG was saying earlier, like the demo, like it was very impressive. But at the same time, I need to see AI going about. I need to see more stuff going on just to be able to be like, whoa, that's next gen. Sure, everything looks really pretty, but show me some next gen AI. Show me some just something that we wouldn't be able to do with this gen besides just something flashy, right? But uh, a lot of people forget, too, Xbox Game Studios, a lot of them are using the Unreal Engine. Yes, that's the ironic part. Right? Like, because, you know, they're talking about, oh, Sony's uh, got this in the bag and blah, blah, blah. But the initiative, you know, the... the The next AAA studio, they're using it for their next games. The Coalition, everybody forgets about them. And Exile is going to be using it. Mojang. I mean, let's be fair. You know, during the 360 days, the Unreal Engine was heavily used in almost all their games. It's always been a widely used engine. It's very popular. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the thing is, is like, I kind of... Uh, I think it's funny that they they kind of uh, marketed marketed this as um, you know exclusive, and and obviously you get those people who saying that it is exclusive, which it isn't. 
Um, you know, and, and you get all types of things said, and it's kind of silly uh, what went on. But, you know, I, I honestly feel like if Xbox kind of did the same thing, that you wouldn't have the fanfare that this is getting right now. I, I truly believe that people would say kind of what Centurion saying, you know, and and mm-hmm. what what you know what 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 you know it's not a real game. Xbox has to show real games and mm-hmm. uh maybe because of Sony's history of you know pushing out a lot of games they can be afforded this but yeah um I kind of find it, found that whole stuff kind of silly that uh you know, this is exclusive. This is, you know, the PS5 is doing this and the more powerful Xbox Series X can't do it or PCs couldn't do it. I mean, come on. Like, uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is that they worked together for about two months and um, uh, I don't know if there was money exchanged or whatever, but, you know, this was kind of a... There's always there's always money exchanged, right? Yeah, but I mean, it it came off that way, and 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 it was you know heavily pushed by Jeff, and uh, it definitely hit hit where it was supposed to. But I kind of find it kind of uh, disingenuous to think that you know a high end PC or Xbox Series X could do it. Um, They did come out and clarify that it could run on SSD and a twenty seventy super. Right, so but that was that was after like PS2 two days. Exclusive, right? But but that's the thing. Like that was going on for two days, and you know those two days, you had uh, I think Megatron saying it that you know that 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 all the Sony people and people just in general, the casuals, are like look at what PS Five can do, you know, and mm-hmm. and um, it was it, it was it, you know it was smart by Sony. They're very good at this. And uh, they definitely got that uh, that feather in their cap, but you know, um, this is a, a long time from now to uh, you know launch. There's going to be a lot of things, and uh, we actually got to see real games. And if Xbox can show off what I think they can show off with the studios that they have, mm-hmm. I think that uh, they'll be all right. You know what I mean? You I know, Phil they- noticed, you know, he tweeted it out, you know, and he yeah. was impressed too as well. And, you know, don't, don't, if you guys think that they're not going to come out and impress in July, I'm telling you, know, this is something I usually don't do, but I'm telling you, I guarantee you that there's going to be some things they're going to show that's going to blow people away. I do that's like, cool. I do like how Phil came out and made no mention of PS5 or Sony in that fact. It just said exclusively, you know, the Unreal Engine, and that's pretty much all he said. (laughs) Well, I wanted to touch on, like, you guys were talking about, like, you know, how did people think this game is exclusive and also the popularity of the Unreal Engine in the industry? Um, Who's the uh, gentleman who uh, runs, um, I believe it's Respawn, the company for EA? Mm -hmm. What's his name? Oh, um, oh, Oh, I know. uh, Vincent Paula? Vincent, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, if we look at what he did, we all know EA pretty much owns Frostbite and likes to push it on everything. And when he got handed uh, Jedi Fallen Order, you know that that was not put on Frostbite. That was put on Unreal Unreal Engine for a reason, which just goes to show that I mean that is a very very well put together engine and the best in the industry like to work with it. And so, why would you ever think in a million years that one of the most top um, Graphic engines is just gonna all of a sudden become a console exclusive. Well, and Sony the, doesn't even use it. So the engines <laughs> are used, like for for example, the Star Wars game. 
That's a single player experience. I wouldn't necessarily call it an open world type game, but it's definitely in a controlled environment. And the Unreal Engine does that really well. As you can see, like the snowdrop and uh, the infinity or whatever you want to call it, um, those you you know are primarily used for like uh, open world games. Uh, you know, Rise uses the the um, even though that's more of a controlled environment. Too. But that that's where they were saying like if we're talking because uh, one of the reason why I brought up Frostbite is people are saying the down one of the downfalls of Anthem was the fact that they were having to use the the Frostbite engine, which was not an engine meant for a game of that style. Right. Mm -hmm, absolutely. But even Xbox's smaller studios are going to be taking advantage of this. Again, just the length of the breadth of like how they're going to be using Unreal Engine you, and Undead Labs, Compulsion, even Double Fine. Like basically the majority of their studios are going to be using Unreal Engine, I'm assuming five. Um, like they're going to take advantage of it. I See, want now. people to, to take a look at Double Fine. Watch when they get a budget. And some talent, you know, they have always had talent, but when they get a budget and they have some more people working under their belts, they can create some nice, really nice experience. I think they're underestimated, to be honest. What are they working on now? Double five. No, no, nobody knows right now. Psychonauts, Psychonauts. and there's well, nobody really knows what they're working. You know, we already knew that Psychonauts 2 was in development. Yeah, I have. <sighs> I want to say I would love for them to be working on an old Xbox. Like, let's say, imagine them doing an old rare game, for example. They're already, they're known for platformers or, or like you look at, imagine them doing a Conquer, for example, or a Banjo-Kazooie. Like they could it's do funny you're mentioning wonderful. this because they mentioned, we were at E3 last year and they do the panels at, uh, I can't remember the name of their studios, their theater that they have there. And, um. They were jokingly, Matt Booty was jokingly kind of mentioning when they, you know, uh, the head there, Double Fine, came on stage that, you know, maybe an older IP when uh, me and Delilah were asking him questions. So I think I think there's some uh, truth to that. I think there's definitely something there that's possible that they can uh, bring back one of the older IPs. That's it. <clears throat> it's all there. You guys can check it out. But, yeah, I think uh, you never know. Mm -hmm. And that's very true. But, I mean, as... <laughs> I don't know it's it's very interesting because they they did tease something a few months back, but they haven't lifted the lid on it yet. I personally think we're gonna see a whole slew of new games come in July, and one of them will be from Double Fine. And I wouldn't be surprised if Obsidian showed something off. And Compulsion has been very very quiet, so you might even see something from them. I just have a feeling Xbox is gonna go all out in July, but. Uh, Guys, I'm going to move on to our next topic. And a few days ago, PlayStation had their state of play featuring, well, it's, it was about close to 20 minutes of gameplay demo for Ghost of Tsushima. And there was a lot of chatter for it over different forms of social media. Now, Jeremy, I'm going to head to you first for this. <clears throat> what did you think of it? Was it good in your opinion or, I don't know, was it meh? You know, picking piggybacking on what Tim was saying, you know, you could see how fast, uh, you know, Sony can steal a narrative. Maybe it was for a week or two weeks, but you know, you had you took a look at the P the PS5 tech demo, and then they unveiled the gameplay for uh, Ghost of uh, Tashima. Um, 
I mean, look, the game has a winning formula. You know, I mean, it has it's open world, great graphics, uh, and it has some nice combat mechanics from what I could see. You know, it's definitely the aspect of the stealth mechanics, what they call, uh, I guess, the ghost gameplay or whatever. And then they have the action or honorable um, gameplay, which you can be, you know, straight up uh, fighting samurai. So, but to answer the question, uh, you know, I've seen it in DM on whether or not the game was empty. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> some, some of the greatest games of all time were empty, so I'm not concerned about that one bit. Uh, you know, games like um, Sea of Thieves. No, I'm just kidding. That was a joke, guys. <laughs> 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 it, but in all seriousness, uh you know, games like Shadow of the Colossus were very empty. I mean, there was hardly anything in it besides the the Colossus. You know, Witcher Three didn't have too much going on as far as the entire uh, scope of the world goes. Was Death Stranding empty? Was that empty? Death Stranding was very empty. <laughs> uh, you know, Breath of the Wild, but there were certain gameplay elements that made those games, uh, and you know, not to mention the story, great. Um, many of these games just don't have a lot to do with in them. So, um, yeah, that's my take. Well, on I mean, it. But yeah, I, I think it was, I liked it. I mean, I liked the, uh, like I said, I liked the combat mechanics. I did like the, the graphics. I was impressed with how large the, the world was. And I'm sorry, Tim, you're going to say something. Go ahead. No, I'm saying two games though that do that were, um, Pretty dense with stuff. Yeah. AC Origins, uh, AC Origins, oh, yeah. Odyssey, yeah. Odyssey, and obviously Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah, but um, my to piggyback back off of you, um, I would say it was uh, the the demo was fine. It looked good. Um, it was it was you know did what it had to do. I just don't feel that. I think it was coming in. People had it, had sucker punch on an elite level with like God of War and and uh, mm. you know Naughty Dog. I think that this demo, uh, this eighteen minutes, kind of shows that it's not on that level. They're not there yet, um, and uh, you know it looks good. It's going to be uh, a good game. I don't. I don't think it's going to be uh, a ninety plus Metacritic. Anger, as they say, I think it could be well, uh, it could be around what Gears got 84, 83, you know. Yeah. And um, shouldn't it be alarming that the Sony's best studios right now, Last of Us with Naughty Dog, Sucker Punch, with you know, they're hyping up this game, but they're choosing not to allow PS4 Pro players uh, 60 frames per second, but they have the ability to do it, they have the hardware to do it, but aren't doing that like Coalition did for Gears. So what makes people think they're going to get 60 frames a second on the PS5 for first-party Sony games outside of Sony Santa Monica? Mm. Well, that's mm. that's comes with the, where the developers come down to, you know, um, for a game they, like God of War. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but here's the thing, and, and people get upset about this. They go crazy. I get people want 60 frames per second, but if you're a developer and you're saying, holy crap, look at all this power I have. Mm-hmm. And I can run it, make it look this way if I run it 30 frames per second, or I can scale it down and have it run this way, and it'll be 60 frames per second, probably 
um, will be a lower resolution, um, maybe not as sharp, and you're gonna you're gonna you know you know you're gonna you're gonna take away from certain areas. So that's the whole thing. Ultimately, it comes down to the dev. People for consoles, people misconstrue that 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 somehow is tied into power. Um, and I think the demo of Unreal kind of shows that that it was running at thirty frames per second. But what you saw, <laughs> yeah, that is true. But the performance thing is mode, that, that's what Sony Santa Monica did. Got a war. They gave right, the but that requires thirty frames. I agree, yeah. but that that requires more work, and that requires more man hours, and that requires a dev's decision. So that's where I think that. Um, when it gets lost is that when it ultimately comes down to what the developer's decision is, what their timeline is, what their, you know, uh, how they want to go about it. Uh, I, I firmly believe that you'll get God of War 3 or with the God of War that just came out two years ago. They'll have a patch for that. They'll have a patch. Oh, for, yeah, it's already uh, at know. 60 frames. They're the only one that's doing it. I was, right. Um, they know, did. You're right. With a racing game. Right, you know, but I I I I agree with what you say that is a legit, you know, kind of um, like we call it gamers Naughty gods, but they don't give us sixty frames per second when they have the ability to. So I'm like, if you don't, you have enough time. You spent tons of time on that game, mm. especially what last game was six years ago. Like you've had plenty of time <laughs> to make a sixty frames option. Like I, I kind of feel that that that. Coalition, you know, a lot of people are down on them, uh, and I don't think that that's necessarily fair. I think maybe um, I think it's fair. I don't think it's fair when you you have two eighty four Metacritic games that they came out with that maybe the uh, the storylines from a new studio, and you also had a four K sixty, which game looked absolutely gorgeous. They they really did a, a lot in Gears Gears Five. I think that your your problems with uh, Coalition, I understand you don't you don't like some of the the decisions that they made with like the uh, robots and certain things, which is it's fair, you know, fair criticism. But I think as a whole, if they can get the story right or they can nail it down as a sort of technical perspective coalition's really really talented uh they're really really big studio too at this point um so it'll be interesting where they go from mm-hmm. there but but overall um my take on the on the demo was it it's, was good uh it was you know it did what it had to do but um i don't think that i, I think that we're kidding ourselves if we're going to say that this is going to be on the level of some of their other Big games. I think it'll be more like, uh, you know, it'll be 83, you know, Metacritic. It'll sell well, um, but it's not going to be like this, you know, masterpiece, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think that you could look at the gameplay, you could look at some of the things, and you could pick certain things that you could, you know, you could relate to other games in the market that they're doing things <clears throat> that look just as good, but you know, that there's more into the world. Like Odyssey, I think is comparable to that. Uh, and you know, if we're being honest, even though digital foundry said it did live up to the ex- expectation. Uh, I remember Jeremy when he first saw ghost of Tsushima, cause we were on uh line for, uh, something in, in, in LA, uh, during the, uh, the E3 time. And he was like, 
Oh my God! Look at the graphics on this, and <laughs> I I remember that very very really you know I said yeah it looks good I says I says I let's wait until we see and I don't think it, it reached that level when it first when it first came out when that first demo came out or the trailer uh, you know that was some unbelievable stuff I don't think they hit right. that level but no. they still they, they still they're still in the ballpark which which. To me, listen, people get upset about that when people say that. I think they all do that from Microsoft to, you know, Sony to, um, you know, Watch Dogs, those developers, Ubisoft, they were the worst at doing that. Um, but, yeah, a lot of times when you see a game on the E3 stage or when they show it, it is not indicative of what you're going to – you're going to get a little bit of a, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a downgrade, downgrade yeah. or whatever whatever think, you want to yeah. say. I, mean, I still know. I still remember those screenshots of State of Decay too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Now, guys, as you've mentioned, we've seen the map, and this is a pretty large world that they have. It's definitely an open world. But you look at PlayStation's big titles as of late, like a yeah. Spider Man, Horizon Zero Dawn, Death Stranding, and so on. Does PlayStation need another open world game really in its light up? Well, you can always use an open world. I mean, use need an open world game. It just needs to be good. You know, if it's good, then no one's going to talk about it. If it's bad, then, you know, the dam's going to break. So. Right, right. But you I always mean, hear about, depends. well, you always hear about Xbox. So it's the shooter box and so on. And obviously they're trying to get yeah. away from that. But do they themselves need a little more variety than just uh like it just seems to be a little fatigue in this genre in my opinion from third Sony. person over the shoulder let me push this box around let me shoot over here mm. i mean they're catering to their fan base just like what jeremy said if it's a good game it's a good game and no one's going to complain about it yeah no. but i i look at it like everybody loves a good cake Mm-hmm. But you're only going to eat the same cake over and over again so many times before you start looking for a new cake. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I go to uh, the Cheesecake Factory and I still order that strawberry cheesecake. But you do uh, eat other. So you're t- so you're telling me the only cake that you eat is that one cake exclusively? No, of course not. But that's not what you said. Was just you know, ladies and gentlemen, that's where that fifteen pounds came from. Just <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, standing oh. behind, I'm standing behind Jeremy ordering the carrot cake, the cheesecake carrot cake, because I'm right there, and we always go there too, by the way. So. But I mean, no, you I'm just hungry. you just said you're gonna go to a new a new cake. I'm not going to a new cake. I'm still gonna order my strawberry cheesecake ah i agree i'm just saying that like i'm i do want because i remember how ubisoft has been tore down for the same features and number climbing to a tower observing the area stealthily going in and killing everybody no matter if you're playing far cry or assassin's creed and i'm just saying if ubisoft can get tore down for that eventually i could see using the same game mechanics in in games over and over again could slowly get old all right well i'm just going to prove my point some of the greatest games this generation are all open world you got witcher 3 you got red dead redemption uh you got breath of the wild i mean it's a winning formula you can even include death stranding it was i want to hear centurion what he has to say about that well, no, it's a it's a winning formula, <laughs> but now, but wait a minute, but I thought we were talking about PlayStation's formula, and PlayStation isn't exactly known 
for like their massive open world environments. You know, I want to say God of War is probably the only thing I can think of right now that was, well, maybe Days Gone. No, the, uh, God of War is more of like a um, on the rails, uh, you know, adventure game. Day, Days Gone, I want to say it was more like sandbox. Yeah. Um, but the sandbox got bigger and bigger as you, I guess, progress the game. But still, like, I just, I don't know. That's where I, I the whole situation of does um, PlayStation need another open world game? I don't know. Um, I was actually asked this question yesterday. And if you really want to talk about things PlayStation really needs when it comes to gaming is uh, something that definitely uh, brings people together, a little bit of co-op, some multiplayer, something <laughs> from the first party. I don't want I want to see what Sony can do with their own network. I don't want to see what the third party can do with their network. Does that make sense? Yeah, they dabbled. They've improved a lot over the course of the years. I remember when uh, SOCOM came out and, you know, they started, you know, because just Xbox was just dominating as far as on the online experience goes. And then you remember SOCOM that came out. And then the fantasy star, I mean, I'm fantasy star, uh, final fantasy you had to buy the hard drive for it. And it just, you know, they've made strides in that department. It's just, it's nowhere near, uh, compared to Xbox's infrastructure, no. not even it, close now, but it, also if you look at Microsoft, sorry, Tim, I was just wanting to say if you look at how Microsoft handles their first party studios versus, um, Sony, um, Microsoft handles their first party studios like they're building a video game. Sony handles their first party studios like they're making the next Ooh. summer blockbuster getting ready to go into theaters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, you know, I could say that uh, PlayStation has uh, more of a variety in terms of uh, what's being developed for them. And, um, uh, you know, more, though. Well, I'm take for example that, these some of these Japanese developers that just flood to Nintendo and Sony, and we get they get those kinds of games as opposed to uh, Xbox's platform. Now Xbox is sl slowly but surely bringing those games in, like a Yakuza, <coughs> like a Yakuza. Right. Um, you know, they just they just need to do a better job, and I think that's why. You know, we talk about Xbox. Right. I mean, they're announcing these on stage at E3. I mean, don't forget Tales. The Tales series is coming uh, too with the remaster. With the remasters, right. but, so yeah, that's usually third party that usually come to 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 the uh, to, to Nintendo and Sony first because they don't really sell on on Xbox. But if you look for variety, I mean, <laughs> Xbox has co-op games. All their all their all their big games have. Uh, you know, um, multiplayer. Minecraft just is going to huge. I'm sorry, Tim. Yes. Um, you know, you have you have a lot of variety of like Gears Tactics that's going to come to console. There's not really a game like that. Um, you have RTSs that come to console. Halo, Halo Wars Two, um, Flight Simulator. You you know you have a lot of variety now with Xbox. That used to be a, a, a you know a uh, something that was put against Xbox, you can throw that out the window. There's a ton of games that they're coming out with, with a ton of variety. Um, but I think it is a legitimate, like Centurion bringing that up, I think that's a legitimate criticism mm -hmm. of Sony's first party. I mean, when's the, let's think about this. When's the last co-op game that they've had that was a AAA? I can't think of any. Bloodborne. That was... 
That's not even a co-op. Well, <laughs> right, but there is co-op that, in there, I think. No, there yeah, is but not that's a traditional that's, co-op. Right, game. and that's not, not like, also that's yeah. third part. That's second party. Um, when is the last time they had a real full-on multiplayer game on one of their blockbuster AAA's? Oh, well, I mean, when can, were you talking about exclusively? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could say Final Resistance, Fantasy, maybe. But, I mean, final, Final. No, the, uh, the answer. Think, uh, the answer is in 2016. They had Uncharted. Okay, uh, they had Uncharted. So, and now The Last of Us Two does not have a multiplayer launching with it. Supposedly, they're going to put it on, but what people seem to forget and kind of give Sony a pass on is, is that they don't really provide that. Where Xbox, I mean, you look at all their games, Gears Five. Multiplayer, uh, Halo, it's coming out. Mm-hmm. Co-op, multiplayer, um, State of Decay two, State of Decay two, Co-op, Sea of Thieves. Like Bleeding where's the game? Like we talk about variety. Where's there a game that's like Sea of Thieves on on PlayStation? Like nothing compares to that. Well, to infrastructure, what they're trying no to, you know. But that's <laughs> exactly. But the fact is, is that you know people say, well, why do you think PS uh, at PSN is better than Xbox Live? The proof's in the pudding. Look at the games that come out on Xbox, especially the exclusive games or whatever console exclusives, and then tell me what you show, what 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 comparatively that you could show me that you have. And the answer is Bloodborne 2014, Uncharted 2016. I mean, they have uh, MLB The Show, but that's coming. That's a multi-plat, and that's mm-hmm. also just one versus one. Sports game that's really not a co-op. That's you know that's just a sport. So so there is a, a big advantage for Xbox um, on the online side, and and hopefully this this generation upcoming they could really leverage that because as you know, um, Xbox games always have a multiplayer or, or a co-op for the most part, and I think that's underappreciated. Even a game a shit game like Crackdown Three had co-op. <laughs> Had had <laughs> even though the multiplayer stuff, I, I I love games that have multiplayer because honestly, like I love, uh, okay, I loved God of War. I loved the actor who played Kratos. I have the Stone Mason edition up here on my uh, entertainment center. I'll send you photos if you don't believe me. So I was fully committed in God of War, but I am not still playing that game. All right, I am still playing Sea of Thieves. Yeah, I don't see you on see. It. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, to day, I am coming to see if thieves more than I am going of to course, God of War. A lot of people are look at the streaming numbers of Arena. Uh, Jeremy, you mm. know, you can't deny that now it's 2020. Uh, uh, now, uh, Summit played three days in a row. He's averaging over 30,000 viewers again. The game, for whatever reason, just keeps coming back, and that's because. It is a game that they keep adding and adding and adding. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, and right now it's in one of these these rebound phases where, you know, streamers are playing it again. I mean, if you watch, I watched Summit Stream of Arena. You talk about an empty game or the jokes that they used to have. This dude had three guys, three ships chasing after him. I never seen combat like that ever in Sea of Thieves. It really, I mean, uh, really, a lot of hardcore gamers that that you know, a multi uh, multiplayer gamers play that game just for the competitiveness. I mean, it's the hell of a it's, job. It's, you know, it's, it's crazy um, how that game's still going. Yeah, you know, I look. I'm gonna say something. You guys, oh, no, you look, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm going to say Jeremy, something that you guys, you guys are going to be uh, probably surprised by it. But Sea of Thieves is in a lot better place now than it was, you know, initially when it when it first. And, and that's, you know, that's a testament to, uh, you know, Rare's hard work. It's a testament for them not giving up on the game when it launched as a complete disaster. Uh, it's, you know, it's to the direction of uh, Craig Duncan, which he was able to do and, and uh, you know, just keep at it and not giving up on these games. Um, I think, uh, like I said, it's, I'm still not the point yet where I'm going to be turning it on every, every night. Um, but that being said, um, again, they've done a good job with it. Jeremy so. warming up to Halo and wow. I, I think CFDs probably could have done better with a delay, a year delay. I yeah. think that Jeremy kind of would have. There was so much going on with CFDs. <sighs> I mean, they were already, they well, were Late, I think, but it was yeah. Good. At that time, Xbox had nothing. I mean, you had other games that were delayed too back then, too, or even yeah. Too. They were in a they um, were in a position where you know what? I, listen, you know. you know, you know what it was, Tim. And I was re I remember it. I mean, just I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a combination of things. It was us getting crap for months and months on end. You know, when Crackdown came out and then State of Decay came out and then Sea of Thieves came, it was just a disaster. It was a bad year. And it, I think that was it where it really just it really just pissed me off. Well, that was the time where Xbox was getting a lot of heat because if you remember that 2017 was the the I would say honestly for me as a fan, knowing what I knew. And doing some of the things that even, even Jeremy, we can't, we're not going to talk about it, but some of the things that we heard, uh, it was a dark time for Xbox, and yeah, and um, I remember that, that was a, that was a time when also Sony was just firing on all cylinders. I mean, Sony just said, "Hey, let's put all our cards on the table in 2016 E3," and they had mm -hmm. freaking, and then they had the the state of uh, whatever that, that PSX, and they announced on yeah. mm -hmm. uh, they announced freaking. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. Then they had Hellblade exclusive, Mirage of everything. I mean, they had Hellblade. Yeah. They had think of all the games that they had. Well, they had Crash. Uh, Crash was you know, and yeah, they had so many things that were exclusive. Flying. And then Xbox was like, "Hey, we got Sea of Thieves, and <laughs> we don't have anything else we're talking about." Well, you that know, was a huge transition period. You look at, I mean, Microsoft obviously shut down Lionhead. They let Twisted Pixel go. They yeah. They uh, got rid of press play. Mm -hmm. You know, there were games in development that we probably don't even know about. And well, that... Sony did some things too, but it's everything that Microsoft, because Sony Interactive, whatever that their Sony Entertainment, whatever that was shut down. Gorilla Studios was yeah, but it's just, uh, whatever, not Gorilla. Um, everything was just magnified. It seems like ten Cambridge. Years. It just seemed like it was just well, it was, it was bad, but it was compounded. That's what mm -hmm. was going on. Well, again, look at where we are now because Microsoft now has what sixteen studios and growing yeah. now. Like it's a much different place right now than where we. But were it still right follows now. them around. That 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 follows them around till this day. People say, "Well, I want to see." You know, I remember at that time they were saying Xbox had more can uh, studio cancellations than than Sony's uh, than exclusives and or you know, I uh, controllers remember that how many controllers came back. And what gets me is it's like guys like 
you know, uh, you know, you know the guys, the YouTubers, they stuck with Xbox mm-hmm. at that time. And and for some reason at the time when Xbox finally got their shit together, and you know, it was obvious that was the time when I did, they had enough, you know, and then they went the other way and went to be, you know, Xbox yeah. haters and mm-hmm. uh the this the funny thing is is that um they're probably looking back. I'll agree with Jeremy. Definitely some of his criticism were correct. Uh, they probably should have, if they, you know, if they had delayed CDs for a year and they came out with all the stuff that they had a year mm-hmm. after, Yeah, I think you're looking at an 85 Metacritic, 80 Metacritic game that, you launch know, better. launched better. Uh, but right now, honestly, State of Decay, uh, I mean, not, I'm state of the chaos. Uh, sea of Thieves, it's in a place where it's like, what do you it guys? just won't die. It's just the game keeps going on, and now you, like I said, Summit's back again, and the, the stream numbers are all up. Their most successful IP so far this gen, though, considering where it is. I don't know. It's no. I, don't, I don't know. That's it, a good um, question. But you Tim, know. Tim, I remember, and again, I'm not going to say what was said. I sat next to. You know, having dinner with Aaron Greenberg, and he laid it out for us, black and white. And they're at a totally different place now than they were when we were sitting on that table. And they made made moves uh, that, uh, I mean, I want to say contradict what, you know, basically Aaron, what Aaron said. I mean, maybe it was in pre-plan or whatever. No, no, I I think what what, what Aaron alluded to or he didn't really outright say it either. But that was very real at the time. What happened was everything changed when Meyerson left and and, and Phil took over as the, uh, as the, the pillar of gaming. Um, at that time, there was that time there was a very real possibility that Xbox would have just became third third party. Uh, the studios that they had, they would have just had four studios put out like three or four big games a generation, and that's it. Go the Steam way, have Xbox Live. But uh, you know, um, I think I, I think Phil, credit to him, and 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 Mike Nichols, and some of the people that that have left, they came up with the plan of Game Pass and. I think Game Pass was one of the things that sold Satya on Xbox. He was not sold on Xbox, I would say, up until that time. And I think that he was probably looking at, like, you know, um, the console business is something that is this something that we should really get involved with. But when Mm. he, when Phil sold it to, to Satya and, you know, he became. The uh, the you know, one of the he, he went on that director, and 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 Satya said, you know, this is going to be a pillar of Microsoft. Uh, things have changed now. At this time, where we are right now, Microsoft is more in the plans of uh, Xbox is in the plans of yeah. Microsoft more than ever it's been in its whole entire entirety of being there. I mean. It is, you know, COVID. I, you know, as bad as it is, it's helped Probably gaming. It. Yeah, yeah, it enhanced it, and uh, uh, yeah, they're full, fully behind it. So, you know, the good times are going to come. Trust me. Um, but there were times where, uh, when I say that that Xbox was in a real dark place, and believe me, 
I let them know too. People say I'm, you know, a shill. I had, I had, a, you know, I had a couple of, of of things that that went on behind the scenes that I made sure that I made my my, uh, you know, what I was my point. My point was is if you guys are not going to game create, and you guys are going to just, you know, just say, hey, we're you know going to do this. I am, I am not going to support you, and that is just absolutely the wrong way to go about it. And um, believe me, those conversations were had, and and uh, it's just great that that uh, it went a certain way. I mean, it could have went another way. It could, we you know probably wouldn't even be on this podcast if it went the other way. At that point, at at, at that point, Xbox. At this point, Xbox would probably not even have another console. They'd be just having like X Cloud dongle, and uh, <laughs> we'd be well, in a bad situation. You know, Tim, it's funny you say that because I remember, um, you know, you being on different podcasts and you, you know, you gave it, you let them have criticism. Absolutely. So I remember those ones, whether it was uh, BGST or whether it was uh, Crossfire or whether it was, you know, just all these different DXR. DXR. Um, but yeah, I mean, you definitely uh, voiced your concern and. Yeah, but I did that. I did that also to their face. It wasn't yeah. something that I remember telling one of the executives. You think giving me a shirt or making me come to, uh, uh, you know, uh, one of these events or you know, doing that is going to make me happy? I I'm in about my living room experience. That's why I am what I what I'm about. It's your your deal in this deal of consumerism is, is you're supposed to provide a certain level of you know a living room experience that I expect of you guys and if you guys are coming up short I'm not going to be happy and you know um, one thing I can say about Xbox and the people there uh, is, is they listened they didn't you know they didn't say you know you know you're, you, you know they didn't turn their backs and they you know they listened to the criticism and they fought and they, you know, they they got it to the point that it is now. So that's why I think that uh, when when I say things like it's so critical with Xbox right now, is just because they got themselves out of such a bad position. They 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 actually righted the ship, and now, um, barring these these things like maybe the communication and this whole thing with the, uh, you know, uh, this the way they show first showed the games, which was. You know, probably overhyped and not communicated well. Barring something stupid like that, that they really have a shot to go into this generation and be on a level ground, uh, a level playing field, and that's all they need. Now, like, Tim, let me ask you a question. Come July, uh, you know how? The, come July, the, well, okay. They gotta come let it all July. on the table. Yeah, come July. I mean, how much is at stake for Xbox and its fan base? I think that that they're in a position where they have to lay it out on the table, and they yeah. have to even even do the Sony trickery, if you want to say, show yeah. a freaking game out that's four years out. Who cares? Yeah, they play a little dirty. You know what I mean? It's who cares? Yeah. Sony, you know, Sony in 2016, they showed games. All their games that they showed, most of the games were in 2019, 2020. A lot of them, like they were really far off. Like Last of Us Two. I mean. They showed that game in 2016, but that's fine. They delivered. They're going to deliver on it. You they know the Kickstarter. 
you know, now now you're in a position where you got to maybe do the same thing, and you got to create hype, and you got to play a little, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I mean, I'm not saying you can, you know, throw up smoke and mirrors to fans, but joy, you got to give us hope, and you got to give us, you got to give us real games that lean that we can all say, hey, we're we're coming in the pipeline. You know, I think that's what they're doing since they showed off Hellblade two early in development. So, right. So I I think that they are. the The rumor is, and it's been since February that they're going to go and they're going to put all their cards on the table. And from what I've heard, that still includes third party. So. Even though they had this third-party event, there's still bigger third-party that they're going to show. Yeah. Um, I'm all for them. They just got to knock it out of the ballpark. And if they don't, mm-hmm. we will be critical of them. I will tell you that because this is something that's not – you could get your – you could, like I said, you could do what Sony did. Just do what they did in 2016, which, mm-hmm. you know, basically it's it was very smart of them. And and yeah, you know uh, we thought, we uh, spoke about it on, on TXR. <laughs> yeah, they they went for they went for all out, and guess what? That was the point where Microsoft was the where where it was its it was at its weakest. Yeah, and it was at its bleakest time. Yeah, and it compounded, and then you know you you're dealing you 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 know when you're when you're six feet under and you're trying to get yourself up to you know breeding level and you just keep having dirt thrown on you there's no way you're done and mm-hmm. they lost that generation that was the generation was already lost but at that point they freaking threw the 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 the, the dirt on xbox and said it's over and you know what it, it, the numbers after that freaking went out the window for xbox so yeah. now it's just their time to get on equal equal footing and um you know, have a good July show. Sony's going to have a huge counterpunch, and it's going to come yeah. June. June, mm-hmm. June, we're probably going to be here, and we're going to have all these Xbox students. Oh, Sony really killed it. We suck. Everyone sucks. And you're going to hear all this shit um, until July. And then July is where they have to make a definitive statement. Um, and uh, as, as much as I uh, think that they're going to not screw up they just can't screw up the price it has to be the same price at this point i think mm-hmm. um, Tim, if they can deliver on that 400 price point wow i mean that's oh, well pactor saying that but uh, if they could even if they can come in the same prices how they maybe, maybe trade in your console and maybe only just give you the console yourself and you can still use the controller possibly you think that'll work i don't know they would the way they would probably think- make that work would Go to Sati and say, "Hey, can we take a a, hit. a a huge hit, and we'll take in subsidies?" And you know, that's the only way that would happen. It, believe me, is Microsoft in a position that they could say, "Microsoft could sell the console for 199, and it yeah. probably wouldn't really affect them at all. They'd lose some money, but look at how much money they lost in in, in the cell phone, uh, you know, yeah. uh, thing that they went in. They've lost and money in Zoom." That's much better. That's a much bigger scale. Uh, than, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. But now, but now, gaming's on a much bigger scale. So, uh, if they hit the three ninety nine, that would be just absolutely game over. Absurd. So, yeah. so now, Invader. Um, since we're still talking about July, is it the next topic about July? Absolutely. Now, fellas, since we're on the topic of Xbox Studios and like how they've been doing and the future events. So Xbox will be having another Xbox 2020 event in July. Now, speaking in a recent update, 343 Industries confirmed that they'll be making an appearance at the event. Now, this is what they they stated in their blog on Halo Waypoint. You may have seen people talking about this lightly before. 
Well, we're extremely excited to confirm that Halo Infinite will be one of the many first-party titles included in the Xbox 2020 event in July. Get ready. So, very intriguing wording right there. Shock, I'm going to head over to you to this topic first. The July Xbox 2020 event is about two months away, give or take. What do you expect 343 will show us? Because for two years now, we've gotten an engine trailer and a cutscene pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, they're definitely going to show off. Um, people have hinted at it kind of being semi-open world, possibly some RPG elements, but I think they're definitely going to knock it out of the park with their new engine. Um, they've been working, they've been, forget what engine they've been using for, I think the same one since like Halo 4 um, for the previous one. But yeah, I think they're definitely going to knock out of the park. They, I mean, they should. They got a 400 plus dev team working on it since what five years ago. So um, mm -hmm. I think that's going to definitely be the uh, standout in July for sure. Yeah, well, they've, they've contracted like Skybox Labs and I think another studio to help work on the game. So it's going to be a mammoth of a project, plus the amount yeah. of years that's taken. Mm -hmm. But go ahead, Jeremy. But I want to tell you guys a little story. And I remember I was lucky enough. Uh, to see the unveiling uh, of Halo 2 in 2003 when they released the, uh, you know, it was the um, E3 demo. And it was something I'll never forget. And I waited over 90 minutes for Bungie and Xbox to sit down people in this mini theater. And, you know, the Bungie word comes, you know, Microsoft comes up, Bungie comes up. And the classic Marty O'Donnell music comes on, and they flew over inside New Mombasa, which is obviously Kenya. And when the eight-minute demo ended um, and it was finally finished, I was left, and I left that mini theater with my jaw dropped open to the, you know, to the floor. This is what needs to happen come July when they show off Halo Two. And I'm not sure if you guys remember the, the Halo 2 uh, de uh, demo that was unveiled, but my God, you know, it was something that I'll never forget. You know, yeah. it's one of those experiences that, uh, you know, you were proud to be. I think, you know, once that happens, you know, I mean, I know I was proud to be an Xbox owner at that time. And, um, you know, it was just a good, a good place to be in and in, in part of gaming history. Mm -hmm. No, that that demo. buffering on that video that you had to watch for that trailer back then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, what Halo was this? Halo, Halo 2. 2. Halo 2. So, oh, man, like I read an article through PC Gamer recently that actually, you know, this kind of goes to the past topic of talking about how um, actually the Unreal 5 engine does absolutely nothing for the gaming industry because it all graphics aren't the industry it's it's creating experiences that are new and out of this world like you're describing the only thing is um i look at it like when we went from playing on a 2d experience to a 3d experience that was groundbreaking mm -hmm. and from there everything was new these these jaw-dropping graphical experiences that were done in these 3d worlds um, I understand the original Halo game um, mm -hmm. was not nothing really to look at, you know, set your eyes on, but it was the 
the experience that, that had never been seen before, running around an environment like that, just shooting stuff up, sci-fi, all this. Uh, stuff. Hey, I mean, Halo in general was a, a very capable graphical uh, game. I mean, the AI at the time was was something that's never been done before. Exactly. Uh, we're talking about creating gameplay experiences, you know. And that's uh, where, the, do you feel ahead. the industry is, that's what I was saying, do you feel like the industry at this point is plateauing? They can't create those experiences with graphics. They got to no. do it with experience. Nah, I disagree because we're talking about you know the f the fidelity and and the graphics are going to get so good, like you've seen in that PlayStation Five tech demo, where they have to create more and different, more fluid animation because of it. You know, so it's those type of experiences. I mean, take for the cloud, for example. You know, the AI, if you crank up the, the AI with the cloud, I mean, you know, if you cranked it all the way up and like say for uh, Horizon, um, I mean, or Forza, Horizon, whatever, uh, I forgot the name, oh my God. But anyway, you crank up the AI on that and the cloud, I mean, it creates a different kind of experience. So there's different things that you can do. I'm just saying, I think we're at a point now to where these games are coming out looking like Pixar quality graphics. Uh, on top of that, the animation is going to get better and then the experiences are going to get better with the, you know, the new sound system they have, which I've seen a difference uh, in the actual PlayStation 5 tech. I think overall, just the, the lines are blurring between what's a movie and what's a video game, and that's different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're definitely heading into like uncanny valley territory with the way the graphics are going. Uh, some of these demos have been so impressive, very lifelike, in my opinion. And it's going to be interesting when we head into uh, the next gen on these new consoles and see what they can produce. It is kind of scary. Like I was impressed when we saw games at the beginning of this generation, like Rise and... Uh, Many other games, oh, I was just blown away by just textures and just the look of how realistic everything was. And you know, man. for uh, just to give you another example, you know, I've I've only been I've only gotten emotional a couple times in video games. Okay, I'm I'm gonna tell you guys a little of my secrets, but I've only been emotional a couple times in video games. It's the opposite with movies, so. Once that that line is blurring, you know, and these these uh, games get um, to a point to where they're starting to look like movies, you know, maybe we're going to get a different emotional reaction out of the games as opposed to, you know, movies where we're actually, um, you know, watching it and these games we're actually playing it. You know, so it's those kinds of experience that, uh, you know, just it changes the uh, the way the games feel and look and play and the way we experience them differently and, and the same, the same way, the way uh, AI takes, you know, games to a different level. So that's my piece. See, I just, I don't want people walking into any event in July. <laughs> expecting. <laughs> I, well, what'd you say? No, they get Primo's comments. Uh, oh, my uh, God. I just don't want people walking into July wanting an event. Um, God, see, that's where I feel like I want to see a Microsoft event. I don't want to see Microsoft do a PlayStation event. Does that make sense? Like, I, I actually, don't get me wrong, there's room for improvement, but that's where 
I'm expecting to see games that Microsoft uh, puts out. Does like because the games that Microsoft puts out are totally different than the games that PlayStation puts out. But for some reason, everybody wants games that PlayStation makes to be, you know, like what Xbox should be making, and that's the diverseness in their in their consoles, and that's where. I just don't understand what um, people truly want in July um, from Microsoft because Microsoft is not going to give them a, a PlayStation experience because that means you're just copying somebody. And the last thing you want to do is, I guess, kind of try to emulate your emulate your competition. Um, and then on top of all that, like, what would you say would be groundbreaking for you in Halo Infinite? I really think... I'm going to, from what I saw in Halo 5, the graphics were amazing. This new engine they're cooking up for Halo Infinite, the game is going to be absolutely amazing. That, uh, um, pretty, yeah, I really do believe that there's going to be experiences in this game that are going to bring uh, Halo to a different direction, uh, but so, there's going to be people that resist change. There's going to be people that want, uh, you, you can't make everyone happy, and that's where I'm really kind of, you know, it's funny. It's it's funny you say that because I was talking to Tim about this a couple, probably last, either last year or was a year before that. So when Halo 1 came out, right, and you remember fighting the flood. So you fought the, the um, you fought the, uh, oh, my God, I can't even think of their stupid names. Um, the Covenant. You fought the Covenant early on in the game, right? Mm -hmm. And when you fought the flood about halfway through the game, the game completely changed. You be, you were the predator as opposed to, and then it, all, all of a sudden Bungie just flipped the, the script on you and man made the flood, you know. So, um, so going back to that, I was talking to Tim about the cloud, and what if they do something? And again, this is probably too far fetched, but if they did something with the flood. Um, you know, creating all kinds of flood coming at you with using the cloud technology. Mm -hmm. um, and it just created an overwhelming experience using the flood. You know, it's it's those type of experiences that could possibly be ha happening. I would like to see the flood come back with Firefight, which I know a lot of Halo fans would like, but yeah. or Warzone. Well, imagine taking the tech of World War Z and implementing it onto the flood. Right. That would be cool. Yeah. Right. Now and but now the only thing is when I hear cloud tech, I, I see limitations of people in areas that are not going to have the proper internet to power anything cloud. <laughs> and that's where uh, no matter what, if you were to try to right now, at least if they were trying to create an experience like that, they would have to find some way to kind of localize the computations purely because there's going to be people out there that aren't going to have access to the cloud. Right, but I was bringing it as an example. No, yeah, no, um, that's what, I think it would be awesome if they used like a technique like that, like World War Z used in creating some experiences that were just uh, like that right there would be something everybody would be talking about if that kind of tech was in Halo 5. Like you're out yeah. there fighting the Covenant and then all of a sudden you just hear like just mass amounts of noise and then you just see that swarm starting to come over debris I mean, like, yeah, that would definitely change the gameplay experience real quick. Now, yeah. guys, I have to put this out there. Um, if they show mostly CGI again, would oh, there be man. backlash? Yeah, oh, yeah. There would be huge backlash. Yeah, absolutely. 
Now, should they have a thorough gameplay demo, again, similar to what we saw with Sony State of Play with uh, Ghost of Tsushima a couple of days ago? Well, Halo, if you look at back at history, Halo has always had those ga- you know, I just talked about one of them on the unveiling of Halo yes. 2. You know, so they Halo has always had those kind of experiences where they show, uh, you know, some of the uh, story elements in the game. They show the level design. They show what what happens and the way, you know, the enemies react to, you know, the AI. So they do things, certain things like that to where, yeah, they have, they, I mean, they got to show it off. Absolutely. Definitely. That's what, you know, that's what I'm looking forward to. We've already seen the trailers and CGI mm-hmm. uh, cutscenes. Show us the gameplay. Give us, give us a solid like five, six, seven minutes. Like during during this presser, like whatever it is, and just just show gameplay. Show us the world. Show us the weapons, the enemies, yeah. and give us a yeah. deep dive. Give us something to be excited about. Yeah, who's? Uh, I know they don't have Marty anymore, but um, I forget know. the name. Yeah, Tim, who's doing the soundtrack for Halo? Uh, Halo Infinite. all i want listen this is what i want from um halo if they could just show like an 8k like non-filtered logo of halo would freaking just hit the screen and then just like two seconds of a song and then just shut off i think that would be short but sweet like an 8k So logo. Hey, should we should we break news on TXR and just let it no. on? No. <laughs> 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 trying, trying to talk about make a joke that you're not even. Uh, All right. Really. No, I get. I'm. I'm just okay. So, how about this? As a quick question. No, they can just one second. This story just. To, no, you're fine. They have. They have to show gameplay. Yeah, and I think yeah. obviously they will show gameplay. I remember being in the theater with Jeremy right next to me. We were watching Halo Five, and at the time it really showed well. Um, but yeah, we got to see a guy holding a controller or somebody and just showing the game. Well, let's let's get at it at this point. Where the hell was I at when you guys saw Halo Five? Oh, I didn't you get were, in. Right? Wasn't it like a lottery? Or no, something like that? that was. Oh, was that years? years? Uh, that was 2015. Okay, all right. I was getting ready to see Fastback, fastback. I can tell you who's uh, who's making the soundtrack for it. Just take a wild guess, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> um, so my question is, though, um, on this whole situation, we see some of the changes that Microsoft has made to the Gears of War multiplayer. Do you see them messing with the formula at all of the Halo multiplayer formula they are talking about they're they're bringing back split screen though right you're gonna have split screen with uh halo infinite if i'm not mistaken well i'm talking about the modes i'm talking about stuff that they're gonna do to try to get the community excited for halo multiplayer i'm hearing something that's gonna blow people's minds and i'm not gonna go into it i'm not gonna say it but uh i think that uh your question is answered with an emphatic yes they are doing something majorly different with the multiplayer. Well, for starters, they have to create these memory. They have to bring back these memorable maps. Yeah, I mean, this is gone. There's no personality to these to these uh, multi. Who cares about the gameplay? I mean, these multiplayer maps are so tight that the game it enhanced the gameplay. You know, so Beaver Creek needs to come back. You know, some of these some of these other well named uh well known Halo maps creeks you know. in there, Jeremy. If I don't no, you I'm know not... what I mean. They just they need to get these maps correct. Well, 
The thing is, there's a few things they need to touch up on that they really missed the mark on in Halo 5 yeah. Guardians. For yeah. example, a focused campaign. Yeah. Uh, which, the campaign I see, one. the multiplayer I don't see where the complaints are coming from. No, I, the I, multiplayer I, was very good. Really, Megatron? I've been playing it. The too. multiplayer was very good. I was, I've been playing as of late, you know, like I said, with... Uh, with Don and K Mega, and we've been having a blast, man. And this is Halo okay. Five. All right, yeah. now you see more people playing one and two multiplayer maps on, uh, you know, and then on five. I'll just well, leave it I at that. I'm not taking yeah, count. I'm just. You it's know, not so. that there's not things that were, were good in the Halo Five multiplayer. It's just that the things that are good are overshadowed by the things that we can nitpick and they, yeah. that they need to change for example even the wrecks the wrecks weren't exactly a great addition people miss just being able to earn like for example different badges different armor the the armor that they did have for example just did not look very good it just it looked more like crisis than actually like a halo kind of armor and just uh, different things like that the maps themselves maybe a couple of them were okay but none of them were really that memorable and then you look at yeah and then you look at the complete package too like for example uh there was a major mode missing uh forge right off the bat with that was about a month and a half away and it took it took a little little while to get the content going so yeah and they were I know I know we're in a do a new generation now, but you look at some of the greatest multiplayer games of all of all time. Some of them have some they have the most iconic maps. You look at Counter Strike, which people still play crazy. I mean, the, you know, the, their multiplayer maps: Dust, Dust Two, uh, Aztec. Um, I can't think of the other ones, but anyway, uh, those multiplayer maps are just famous i mean go down in like the world history record books and gaming uh in the guinness book um you know halo has the same kind of same kind of map packs you know and i think that's what uh we're talking about as far as those experiences go Mm -hmm. well again if you look at i just i really hated what they did with some of the maps too it's like they they reimagined for example midship and their excuse was to flip it over and it just kind of looked weird and then and then they did kind of like these double kind of maps where they took a map that they already have and then reimagined it and it it just looked very weird and i I didn't really care for what they did i just i thought the imagination for the maps just wasn't there i mean the gameplay was all right in my opinion uh some of the things that they did add felt good but at the same time it just it did feel like that there was something missing in my opinion yeah um but anyways, guys, we're going to move on to some more news. And it looks like 2K has finally announced the Mafia Trilogy. And it's probably one of the worst kept secrets in gaming, as we've seen it get leaked through various rating boards. And it includes all three games with all the DLC content from the looks of it. However, the first Mafia game is getting a full-on remake. And boy, does it ever look drop-dead gorgeous just from the the screenshots that were dropped. There is no official release date yet, but it's been suggested that it will drop this August. Centurion, I know you've been playing through Mafia 3 recently. What do you think of the announcement? Um, Well, I guess there's supposed to be some kind of announcement on the 19th. Um, one of the trailers I, sh- I saw said something about May 19th that there being an announcement uh, regarding Mafia. 
Uh, but actually just recently playing Mafia 3, um, the fact that they're actually remastering that game, um, boy, where do I start? Um, I really hope they kind of iron out some of the bugs that were in that game. Um, but they're, it was a very good game. The story was there. 2K has definitely got a def. They do a good job of creating a story that makes you want to know kind of more. They want you to progress through the game. Um, and I haven't played the other Mafia games. I've only played Mafia 3, and this actually has me excited because now I can go out and actually play them. And I have seen the screenshots you're talking about where they compare the PS2 uh, version of Mafia to what you're getting now. And, I mean, holy cow, that's 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 up there with... Uh, These screenshots are like, gorgeous. Is it, that's like up there with rebuilding Resident Evil. So you're playing 3. Does it look better than 3 so far? I mean, it's still shot, of course, you know, but what do you think, like... Oh, I think it looks cleaner than uh, Mafia 3. Um, like, if you want me... Uh, me Actually, it's kind of funny. While I was playing Mafia 3, uh, Dealer Gaming and I were in a party chat one night playing that game. And, well, I was playing. He was playing something else. But we were talking about how, actually, we were kind of... The game looked kind of washed out. And, and like, a lot of the, the color palette was very faded. Um, so, definitely hoping, hoping in the remake of Mafia 3, they'll be able to finally... Uh, put some more color in there hopefully some actual hdr because i don't even think do you guys know if that game was even xbox one and x enhanced i have no clue not off the top of my head i don't I think so it. yeah so no, i don't think so but i really like actually uh, actually it was it was 1800 okay yeah um the sad the downfall though at least for me when it comes to mafia is there was a lot of bugs in mafia 3 mm -hmm. so i really hoped that um excuse the uh what about way i'm about to say it i really hope that this uh mafia remake or the whole trilogy itself is definitely a much more polished project uh product and um definitely um it's got me curious also at the same mm -hmm. time on like what's going on with 2k because you know 2k obviously um does a lot of stuff and now does this mean they're working on mafia 4 and mm -hmm. kind of like what kind of story are they going to go with now and i actually enjoyed mafia 3 on how they actually tackled like the late night the late 60s um like uh martin luther king uh had just recently been assassinated same with jfk there was a lot going on in the world the vietnam war uh that was talked a lot about like it was just it was really interesting how they tried to bring a lot of what was going on in the world at that time um just so that way it, it helped shape um, the actual story of the game. Mm -hmm. I got to play this, man. It sounds like, I mean, I've heard a lot of great things about it. Like, and that, to capture that time period, I've heard that they did a, a hell of a job. Oh, yeah. They did a really good job. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Mafia but, 3 was generally, like, it was seen as falling kind of below expectations. I mean, while like, it did look good in a lot of respects and it did pay a good tribute to the time period, I, Mafia games usually do that. They do a good, like, ground, like, they do a good job at setting the eras up. Now, this is, it was a different studio tackling it, Hangar 13. You, I think it was 2K Check that it did uh, Mafia 2, for example. But Hangar 13, they took a different route with the story-wise. And like you said, the game was bug-ridden and so on. But I really, I really enjoyed Mafia 3. Oh, I enjoyed it, but some of the bugs were hilarious, dude. Like, I don't know about you, but I mean, like, uh, I mean, like, cars exploding for no reason. 
Um, the minute all four, <laughs> the minute, um, the minute all four wheels of your car would lose contact with the ground, the gravity of the, the, the gravity phys physics of the game would just go freaking asininely out of control and your car would get some airtime. That's for sure. Um, it's just no weird quick, stuff. No bugs that are like, you know, like cause you to lose your save. No, I don't want to say nothing like that. They actually have a decent checkpoint system, but mm -hmm. there was a few times where I had to reload something because a door, a door wouldn't open or something silly like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just it looked like when I see this announcement as a trilogy, I mean, I'm looking forward to playing it. I loved Mafia 2, for example. I could easily replay that. A lot of people forget that Mafia 2, while it wasn't, it didn't have like the action as to what a GTA would, there was no uh, load screens in it. Absolutely none. Like there, they everything just kind of loaded naturally. Like there wasn't there wasn't any of this. Uh, jagged kind of loading in the game everything was it flowed naturally with mafia 3 you could be hauling ass and sometimes you, the game would actually come to a freezing halt and this is playing on an xbox one x the game would actually come to a freezing halt and you would sit there and have to wait anywhere from three to five seconds for it to actually uh load the game oof <laughs> see that i didn't know that's uh pretty rough i mean Looking forward to the next gen with the uh, the SSDs, and I can't wait for uh, you know just the worlds to pop in a lot more instantaneously than uh, what we're used to. But uh, you know, I'm looking forward to playing this, guys. Uh, like for the Mafia One remake, or any, and is anyone else here looking forward to picking it up? I'm gonna pick it up, but I'm gonna really catch the sale because the backlog is tremendous as always, and it'll be another game that I want to buy. Can't wait to play, like Mafia Three. That came out when? 2017? 16. I know you got kids, Megatron. Don't play that game around the kids. Oh, definitely. I won't. I won't. Because, I, I mean, like, <laughs> like, dude, no, there's a massive disclaimer on the front of that game that it's like, do you want to turn off language? Yes or no. And if you say no, then the disclaimer pops up saying, hey, it was a rough world back then and all this other stuff. And there was a lot of racist and downright yeah. wrong language used back then. And we wanted it to be historically accurate. So you've been warned. I got you. I feel you. I'll eventually get to it. But like I said, I'll probably catch this game like on a sale or whatever. I do want to play it. Um, I, I just I'm compulsive. I, I want to just buy everything when it comes out. Um, for the most part, Game Pass as of late has saved my ass because I just buy stuff and I want to play. Just don't have the time to play it. Like as I said, I've been working for weeks nonstop now, and it's just had to, no time to play any epic. But I do want it for sure. But uh, so I'll pick it up. I'll pick it up just when it's on sale. I'm looking forward to the Minecraft Dungeons. I don't know about you guys next. Oh, week. definitely. Yeah, I, I wait for that, bro. That's it. Yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that at some point it's soon. Out, uh, I forget. 23rd? No. Either 24th or something like that. I think I'm going to have to take off of work. I'm gonna have to, I think I need to schedule off for that, too. Because <laughs> for that game in particular, I'm definitely going to be taking... Uh, it's coming out on the 26th. And I'm not going to play with you. Because you'll just fall asleep. I mean, I'm not going to play with you. Well, so. that's why I'm taking... <laughs> It comes out as a Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. It looks yeah. good. Definitely looks good. Uh, Shock, before we move on, uh, have you ever played any of the Mafia games? Uh, I think the last one was on the PS2. I think Mafia 1. 
mm-hmm. I've played, but uh, yeah, I don't think I yeah I never played Mafia Two or the uh, third one because I I probably looked at that picking that one up, but uh, then I heard about all the problems with it, so I mm-hmm. figured I'd pass on that at the time. So maybe I'll pick this up from what they did with the uh, first one. I think the second one that's in there, I think people were saying it's just kind of like a remaster, not so much like. Mm-hmm a remake like the first one is but well they have some kind of an announcement uh in like the next few days so we should we'll be seeing what they did to overhaul mafia 2 maybe it won't be that much but uh, i would certainly love to get uh go back into it again it'd be a wonderful trilogy to pick up and who knows guys mafia 4 might be around the corner um all right guys we're gonna move on to the last topic of the night and a certain beleaguered game has reemerged from the depths of gaming hell to say the least <laughs> um battle... Zinsky's back <laughs> wow well he did make one but <laughs> i'm sorry i had to make that joke i'm sorry oh man well the Battle Royale game The Culling is back from the dead with a re-release under the name The Culling Origins, and it features better visuals, AI, and what's probably one of the worst monetization models around. Now, guys, listen to this. The base model of the game, it costs $6.99. So with that, the game allows for one free online match a day. If you win a match, you'll earn a free match token. If you want to play more, you'll have to buy either token packs or a larger online pass. Now, Megatron, I want to get your opinion on this, but I know you haven't had a lot of time to delve into this. But this is a game that was very early on in the Battle Royale scene, but has since lost a lot of its fan base for all kinds of reasons. To you, is this developer, is it like a cash grab from the developer just putting it out there like this? That's what it sounds like. I've never even heard of the culling before. Um, so if people want to go out there and invest <laughs> invest their money in this thing, like, why are you laughing, Jeremy? <laughs> I remember fucking Tim, dude, two years ago, he was hyping up that game at E3. I was just like, you're fucking full of shit, dude. Probably, you know what I probably, you know, and I probably do you know, at that time, remember at that time, but like, it's like in one ear, out the other. If you're if you want to spend your hard-earned money on a game like this, when there's other probably better options, hey man, be my guess. I'm curious to see what the numbers are going to be like, and um, I hope they're low because if anything, I don't want anybody else to have an idea. Of this this is sounds like a joke to me. Sounds like you're going to be spending money to play something that you can waste your money on. Well, we should call it uh, the calling cap, and then you'll spend lots of money if it was called the calling cap on it. So <laughs> I got to see how it went in the boardroom over at the uh, developers at the calling. Be like, guys, we brought in some uh, outside help to help us get this going. Meet so-and-so from EA and meet so-and-so from Activision. They're here to give us some yeah. insight on what we can do for monetization. So just to give you a heads up, Zincharon, there is no board game I, board, uh, in the, in, in the uh, board, I'm sorry, board the board, board room in the calling because this is a low budget game, buddy. Okay, so they all met out in the parking lot. Yeah, exactly. Okay, sorry. No, actually, they probably all met met at a McDonald's. Well, no, yeah. actually, no. possible. Yeah, well, it is a small indie dev, but I mean, they did have a little bit of success with the first game. They actually, within a year, year and a half, they put out the Culling Two, but they put it out as like free to play, and 
they it was just it was very very rushed they were trying to get more into the whole battle royale craze they saw what PUBG was yeah. doing and yeah. they just lost their fan base with this buggy game i think only like 250 people ended up buying that game it was just like it was really bad they lost a lot of faith this is the first time i've heard of it um when you put out the uh topics invader i had to click on this link because i was like what is this game and what fiasco have they created <laughs> I thought it was mad. I'm like, yo, you can have this one. I'm like, yeah, what am I doing? Did I piss him off last week? <laughs> Here, you get this one. <laughs> Short straw, Megatron. Uh, <laughs> Invader, in fact, why is this even a fucking topic? Jesus I mean, Christ. But you know, you can, I can kind of see though. I mean, no, actually, I think it's an awesome topic. It's not a bad topic. It, is this, is this so like. When it comes to gaming, you don't want to be the way of things. You don't want this to be yeah. it. You know, I don't want any developer to get any idea to say for what for ninety nine cents I get to play three matches um, per day, yes. or I pay another, or I, or I continue to pay over and over again. I mean, if this becomes a thing, I mean, and people Dude, get onto it, you know, you there's going to be people living on the streets just working to get that next match. <laughs> 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 well again guys this is a game no that is that. only out for xbox right now but it is gonna go to pc eventually but it's just it's sad hey bro when are you gonna hook me up with those tokens g oh my god we're all meeting on back alleys hey you got those tokens yeah. uh i'm sorry shock were you gonna say something oh, i was gonna say yeah no one's playing that yeah, thank you, thank you, shock. Yeah, but see, that's that's what <laughs> it's good. Like, it's there's so many better alternatives that don't charge you, right? But that's where it's it's actually a great topic because it's good to see that obviously the fans have spoken and the economy has spoken, and it says get that crap out of here. Um, yeah, you are gonna have a product that's gonna be a flop for sure. You want to buy that roll of toilet paper? You want to buy that couple of games of uh, color? You got <laughs> well, that's the thing. <laughs> Sorry, there's no TP. I had to buy some tokens. <laughs> you know what nerve does the the developer have putting this out right now when they know that things are kind of dire, not just in one area of the world, but like all around the world. And it just seems like it's a make or break move from a developer. You know, yeah, thanks for time. yeah, thanks for bringing that up again, <laughs> Invader. Impeccable timing, right? Yes, eh, no problem. But. Uh, I, this just seems like a move from a very cash-strapped dev, and it could yeah. explain the model in a lot of ways, to be honest. Yeah, it's a very Canadian move, to be honest, Invader. <laughs> <laughs> the comment section, let me read the comment section. What are they saying? Maka quit because you ran quit because you... <laughs> They're saying like it's like they have no idea Fortnite even exists. Poor sides, I guess. <laughs> I'm well, reading it's it. true. Mm -hmm. Like Fortnite is a is a monolith, and you look at what they've been doing just with free to play. You look at a whole bunch of free to plays, and you think they would have learned something from this to compete with true. this. This is one of the worst monetizations around. And comment section. This is one of the super. I'm quoting people here now, not me. You know, just yeah, to each his own. But this is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard of in my 30 plus years of gaming. You know, he's got 16 likes. It just goes on and on and on. Like, yeah, they're kind of beating it up pretty. I mean, it's, I guess, rightfully so. I mean, you've been gaming for as long as we have. 
You know, it doesn't make any sense. But, like, I'm curious to see what numbers they're going to pull. That being said, go out and buy Calling, calling Origins, and we're going to have a TXA, TXR party night. We can, I, we can do it. No, better. I got an oh. idea. No, wait a minute. Why don't we? Why we'll don't give we, we, we'll do giveaways. Downer. Downer. <laughs> hey, why don't we just start giving out copies of the culling? <laughs> it almost it almost feels like a disservice if you give somebody a copy of the culling because you got to pay to use it. Take out a fucking loan to play. This game. Uh, well it's true though like you uh, the pack start at 99 cents for three match tokens and they go up to about 4.99 for 20 tokens but alternatively you can choose to purchase seven days of unlimited access for 199 or 30 days for 5.99 so so just basically buy the, buy the game once a month. Just buy the hey, game once a month. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you, Invader. I think this is actually a better deal and a better giveaway than the Division 2 giveaway you gave it back. Couple no, that, was, no, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> this is good, oh, my man. God, man. <laughs> You're not allowed to say Division anymore, Jeremy. So. Oh, that was a good, I, think uh, that was a good I think that was a good giveaway. It was just. Hey, the Division 2 game won't expire. Oh man, stop making a division in the chat, Jeremy. <laughs> That's funny. George Roper here is saying in the in the world the war zone, utterly delusional and doom failure again, which again, just like it's a joke, man. I, I mean, this guy's trying to make his money back off of something, just developer. I like He's I like what BB says in the chat. Yeah, this looks like they saw Fallout 76 and were like, Yeah, we could do worse. We could beat that. <laughs> Oh God, yeah. Well, Fallout seventy six is still trying to uh, make up, and that was about a year and a half ago. Well, actually, issue. I've heard some positivity come out of it's this. DLC. I've heard that some positivity that's come out of this update on the uh, the wastelander. I've, yeah, I've heard the wastelander thing has kind of helped patch one of those holes in that sinking ship. Yeah, I don't know. A bicentennial guide for that game, Fallout seventy six. I got high hopes. I got that huge. Hardcover collector's edition book. I still collect those, by the way. I got high hopes. <laughs> oh, God. He's got high hopes. Come on, Ooh. sing along, guys. I'd rather hear the Cry Me, Cry Me a River song, Jeremy. <laughs> Do that one. <laughs> well, yeah, either way, guys, you know, it's a shitty monetization, and uh, I, I just I can't see the game doing well at all, and I think that dev is... Uh, gonna be have to rework re, uh, rework it soon so uh keep an eye on that one for sure but uh, guys i think that about does it for tonight's show and honestly terrific stuff tonight from everyone on the panel we had really good chats tonight about the unreal engine 5 halo infinite mafia and more and i have to give a big shout out to the lively chat that's been going on tonight wicked people such as uh, we got Diego here, as usual. Mike from NLG Gaming. BB, you've been with us from the beginning. Thanks, bud. Infinite. Hey, is, um, is Wicked a Canadian thing? Because you say it like every every part. I just want to. I just want to get clarification. Wicked. Wicked. Yeah. Is that uh, a Canadian thing? I think it's an Invader thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's Wicked, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm sorry. To, sorry to interrupt you. Hey, Wicked Invader. Proceed. Proceed. 
Everybody's wicked in the chat. Uh, let's see who else. We had Victor here, just moving along. All kinds of good people. Shizno Elite, he's a usual. Jago. Uh, Jago was here, and so many more guys. Uh, Deshaun Love was here earlier. Thank you guys very much for coming out uh, to listen to us babble on about games. Remember, guys, if you enjoyed tonight's show, then share this out on social media, smack the like button, and comment afterwards with your thoughts down below. Now let's get to some outros. Tim had to leave a little bit early, but uh, you guys can catch him at, on the RDX podcast on Tuesday nights. And let, of me course, it, let me do it. Yeah, this is Tim Dog. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always on fucking Twitter. You can find me there. All right, go ahead. Hey, that wasn't uh, half bad, uh, Tim Dog. <laughs> uh, good shit. All right, I'll go over to you now, Jeremy. Uh, where can everybody find you? <laughs> you can find me on Xbox Live under Downer J. Uh, you'd also find me on Twitter. My handle is Lone Master Who Space. Actually, there's no spaces in Twitter. It's Lone Master Who 07. Boom. Fantastic. Megatron, you're up next, bud. Where can everybody find you at? Hey, hey you can find me on Twitter, man. Underscore uh, Megatron underscore 1975. Hit me up on Xbox Live. My camera tag is Megatron1. And even on Mixer. Every so often, I'm gonna uh, I'll do some uh, streaming. So uh, again, uh, my mixer uh, tag is uh, Megatron One, same as my uh, camera tag. Yep, fun shows, fun fun hanging out with you guys tonight. Definitely, brother. Uh, Shockbud, you're up next. Where can everybody find you? Yeah, at Shock Mirror on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, great show. Good stuff. Good stuff. Short and sweet. Uh, Centurion, bud. You're on deck. Where can everybody find you at? Um, well, for those interested, you can always find me on Twitter, YouTube, and Xbox Live at Centurion1307. I also do the Shop Podcast on Saturdays and TXR Podcast right here with you guys every Sunday night. And um, do you guys care if I shout out what show I'm going to be guesting on this week? Go, go. I want to hear so I can listen in. Um, I'm going to be kicking it with Wilmy Hood and the Fort crew over there on Gaming Outside the Box this Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Nice. I have no idea. I've never listened to him, so I couldn't tell you. Uh, Wilmy Hood, I will definitely say Wilmy Hood's show is for the adults. Mm. That, that definitely, but it's definitely awesome. I mean, like, he's a really awesome guy, great community member. Um, I don't know if you know, do you know UK Dazarus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so regretfully, um, he um, had a medical issue. Um, he had a stroke. Um, obviously, he's home now, um, but he does have, um, basically, Wilmy Hood uh, mailed him a an adaptive controller all the way from here in the States to the UK, so that way Dazarus can continue playing games. Wilmy Hood is actually a very awesome uh, guy in the community and uh, his generosity is unmatched if you actually see what he does for some of the people in the community that is awesome man it's awesome looking forward to that show i'll listen in <clears throat> hey shock you got a question what is that logo oh yeah i saw that um it's uh called a walking or i can't even say right walking rotor it's on a sega saturn sega saturn yeah all right, all right. Yeah, I have, a, I have a link on it on my uh, thing. I have a pinned on my Twitter page. If you want, want to know more about it. 
All right, yeah, definitely take a look at that fastback. Let me uh, shout out real quick, Jago and the Retro Renegades. They invited me on that show with uh, Cognito. I think it was either this week or the last week prior. Supported yeah. me because I've been working so much and I missed it. But uh, yeah, thanks again for that, guys. And hopefully, if I uh, can finally get some time, like a normal person, uh, I would love to join you guys. <clears throat> yeah, no, Retro Renegades is an awesome crew, say the least. Uh, J Dubs, uh, Supersonic Station, and uh, a few other guys. Great, great show. Really chill. Definitely check them out when you get the chance. Uh, guys, all right. I'm Invader. You guys can find me on my YouTube channel, Invader Gaming, and of course on Twitter, which I'm pretty active on, at Invader underscore 1986. Everyone, thanks for those of you who tuned in, and we look forward to seeing you next weekend. Take it easy, fellas. Peace. Later. Bye.